Hi, and welcome to Unlimited, the podcast platform that gives voice to remarkable mothers and women from the Arab world to inspire, engage, and drive growth. In Unlimited Perspective series, we welcome inspiring women and mothers who embrace life with innovative perspectives and whose missions and achievements are making a mark. For this new episode of our Unlimited Perspective series, we're pleased to welcome Dr. Mina Shaher, who will guide us through October Breast Cancer Awareness Month and explain us the fundamental role of prevention in saving lives. Highly experienced radiologist with a bachelor's degree in medicine and surgery, a master's degree in radiodiagnosis and intervention from Ain Shams, the most prestigious university in Cairo, and an advanced hospital management diploma from the Canadian International Academy for Advanced Studies, Dr. Mina Shaher has dedicated the last 11 years of her practice to breast imaging and breast intervention radiology. In 2018, she arrived in UAE with the mandate to build the breast unit of Azhar Hospital in Sharjah from scratch. It is here that she now assists and supports up to 10,000 patients per year, with highs of 50 patients a day during crucial months like October. Dr. Shaher is a member of uh, European Society of Breast Imaging and the American College of Radiology, and is highly involved in running campaigns and initiatives to build awareness. As a doctor, a woman, and the daughter of a breast cancer survivor, Dr. Mina has experienced firsthand how prevention has helped to increase the survival rate and life expectancy in breast cancer patients thanks to early detection. So let's join Dr. Mina and discover what all this means and what all of us should do, starting with booking our next screening. Hello, Dr. Mina, and welcome to Unlimited. Hi, how's everything? I'm very good, thank you. But that's because there's people like you taking care of all of us, especially in this period. I can't believe you just visited 50 patients today and still look so fresh, positive and energetic. This is the month, you know, <laughs> this is October month. So yeah, we're, we're doing everything for our patients. So is it true that the medical profession is like a vocation? Was it the case for you? What prompted you to become a doctor? Okay, so yeah, it's um, it started when I was five years. Um, I was telling everybody and all my family that I want to be a doctor. And I started, um, you know, um, putting uh, injections into my bears and <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and uh, doing for them uh, every in, um, uh, examination I can do at the time. Uh, then I went to medical school, so it was a dream coming true. Um, then, yeah, as in the master's, the MD, and it goes along. How did you choose to specialize in breast radiology? Um, yeah, it, it was um, the, the breast. Um, it's, it's very interesting because we know that breast cancer, this is the most common uh, cancer for all women all over the world. So it attracts me that I can save lives, you know, uh, especially in the oncology because it's, it's part of it. It's oncology. Uh, so, yeah, this is what uh, excites me that I can save life. I can make a difference. And you are making a difference day after day. Yeah, thank you so much. And talking about um, saving lives, which is what prevention is all about. Can you explain us why prevention is so crucial in the treatment of breast cancer? Yeah, definitely. Definitely, definitely. And breast screening really saves life. This is a fact now, and we all know that. Um, so, yeah, and I'm encouraging my patients not to be worried. Just go check yourself and go to a breast clinic because uh, as, as we discovered early, it's uh, curable. 
So it is curable if detected early enough. And that's exactly what we were hoping to hear today. Yeah, yeah, ladies, breast cancer is curable. Uh, if you are diagnosed in stage one or stage two, it's 100%. Uh, stage three is a little bit lower, which is uh, goes to 70%. Stage four, even lower to 50 to 60%. So the earlier is the diagnosis, the higher is the survival rate? So yes. To do so, can you guide us step by step through what every woman should do in terms of prevention? Uh, this is a very interesting question. So I will start um, uh, with with our future moms and, and future uh, our little young ladies. So let's start by doing a self-breast examination. So the young lady will know exactly how to do the self-breast examinations. This is the first um, line of um, of diagnosis in, in my point of view. Uh, then uh, if you have a family history, please start mammogram from age 30. Uh, if you don't have a family history, start annual mammogram from age 40. And uh, during the course, um, uh, when you're doing a self-breast examination, we said from like puberty, if you find anything change uh, or any in the breast, please um, con- uh, consult the breast radiologist or go to a breast clinic. You mentioned the self-breast examination. Do you have any tips on how to do it properly? I, I will tell you um, my tips and tricks in that. So mm-hmm. it's very simple. Uh, you will just um, raise, like, for example, raise the right hand. This is when you're going to examine the right breast. And with the left hand, you will just um, imagine like your breast is a kind of a clock. So this is like 12 o'clock, 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock, and the clock goes on. So what you will do is you will press from inward, I mean from, uh, no, from outward to inward, okay? You will press the 12 o'clock, okay? Then the 1 o'clock, the 2 o'clock, then you go all around the breast. When you finish the breast, you will do the same uh, with the underarm. So, uh, and vice versa. Uh, everything you will feel like a small lentil or beans, uh, this is okay. This is your gland. This is running uh, beneath your hand. Uh, what we're looking for is something fixed. It's not moving. Um, and, uh, and it's like ki- kind of a lumpy or bump. It feels like bump. Uh, so this is a lump, in, uh, and you should consult. And uh, like I told you, 90% it's nothing, even more than 90% it's nothing. Uh, but again, nevertheless, it's very important to check. I wonder how many of us started to do it while listening to your instructions. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> this is what I need you to do now. <laughs> and uh, and also another tip also is to do it um uh, while you're lying uh, on the bed, because uh, uh, I know some uh, internet uh, information and all, they say uh, do it in the shower. But again, in the shower, you will not uh, feel um, like, let's say, the six o'clock and seven o'clock and, and the, the inframemory, what we call, you know, the breast from, uh, from below. But while doing so, what are the signs that we should look out for? All I want you to do is to check if there is any change uh, like in the color uh, of the skin of the breast, like the thickness uh, of the um, of the breast, like it's, uh, it's it's becoming like the peel of orange, or if you find a change in the nipple itself, uh, also if there is any change in the shape of the breast, like any evident lump or anything like uh, like you feel it wasn't there before. Uh, so this is a, a sign, but it doesn't mean that uh, that 
God's forbidden is something bad. No, 90% it's nothing. 90% it's a, it's a cyst or a, it's a, anything benign. But I mean, if any change, just don't panic. Just relax, uh, consult a, a breast radiologist, go to the breast clinic and that's it. Uh, pain is not a, a factor or a sign of breast cancer, but nevertheless, if you have a pain, just go and check. So it doesn't mean for you to get panicking about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, this is my my message. Like, don't panic. If any change, just come to the breast clinic, and we will do the necessary. Is there a screening protocol currently in place in the UAE? Yeah, we we have here a, a national screening program. So uh, um, it's following the same guidelines of international guidelines and the American College of Radiology, uh, also the European Society of Breast Imaging. I'm, I'm a member in both. So um, they start doing uh, the mammogram from age 40 annually. And um, and I guess it's uh, it's free um, in, in the governmental hospital. Even uh, they have a pink caravan also. It's doing a great job in um, they having automobile uh, mammogram. So they uh, can go around UEE so they can do free mammogram. Uh, and still we have very interesting breast clinics also. Um, in in many private hospitals. So between public hospitals and private clinics, there shouldn't be any excuse for us to skip the annual screening, correct? Yes, (laughs) yes, yes, yes. Please, there is a a big, big move. Uh, You can, uh, in in all over the social media, from all the professionals, uh, medical professionals, everybody's saying, don't skip, please, because we've seen patients uh, skipping the Annual mammograms, this is very dangerous, ladies. So please don't skip mammogram. Annual mammogram, it's very, very important for your life. Can you help us to go through the glossary and understand the meaning of keywords linked to breast cancer, starting with what is a mammogram compared to an ultrasound? So mammograms, this is basically X-ray for the breasts. So it's a very sophisticated X-ray, especially for the soft uh, tissue, which is breasts. And uh, now with the new advanced machine, it's uh, radiation dose is even lower uh, compared to the mammograms before. Uh, and nowadays, we're, we're not compressing the breast too much. It's only for fixation. So it's very, very little compression. And the lady will do it um, in just 10 minutes. Preferably, of course, you choose the 3D uh, digital low-dose mammograms. This is the most advanced. Uh, for the breast ultrasound, this is um, uh, it's, it's ultrasonic waves. So this is exactly like uh, the ultrasound you're doing for the babies, you know, like mm-hmm. when, when the gyna doctor, she's doing it for you. Mm-hmm. So it has no radiation and uh, it can be done for ladies, uh, young ladies. Um, till, till, till the age of 30, if she's having a family history, then she has to do the annual uh, mammogram. And like I told you, if, if she has no family history, so uh, the lady will continue doing breast ultrasound till age 40, then she will do the annual mammogram. Is one more important than the other? Or there are reasons why one doesn't replace the other? So they complement each other. Like mammogram is not important or most important or more important than ultrasound. No, they complement each other. Uh, and it depends on, on your breast type. Uh, what is the examination or what is the modality the breast radiologist would choose for you? So, for example, uh, if, if the lady, um, she has a dense breast, then, then she, she has to do the 3D mammogram. She has to do the uh, ultrasound. And also, 
uh, a contrast study like MRI or contrast enhanced mammography. So yeah, so we will basically, if the, if the breast is dense, we will add more modalities. Um, if, if it's fatty breast, means it's, uh, it's formed of fat that more than glands, then mammogram is more than enough, especially if it's a 3D. So it's it's kind of an art where I'm using uh, different tools to diagnose the lady, mm-hmm. and and to do early detection as as much as possible. Um, so let's go back little little step. So I said contrast mammography. What is a contrast mammography? Well, this is the recent, most recent technology we have in breast imaging nowadays. Um, I've been doing it for two years now, and it's very 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 important i love it i love it really love it so this is basically when um when we inject uh, a small amount of contrast uh, through a cannula uh, iv like intravenous in the blood and we take uh, pictures of a regular mammogram so it's called contrast mammography um, and the machine it will subtract uh, subtract the images uh, before the contrast and after the contrast and it will give me all, only uh, the enhancing glands. So enhancing glands mean like uh, this gland is active. Mm-hmm. It's it's getting more blood because it will produce something. Okay. So by this way, I will see if these glands are active or not. Like if these glands will produce something in the future or not. And I assume that for a gland to be active is not a good sign, correct? No, it's not. It's not. Mm-hmm. Uh, and likewise, the contrast mammography, we have the MRI, MRI for breasts. This is no radiation at all. Uh, of course, this is the most sophisticated uh, machine we have in the breast unit. Um, it has no radiation, but still it has a contrast. So again, it's, um, it will detect the, in, the glands which are active or which are enhanced, like the contrast mammography. Uh, but this is like the most expensive modality we have. So we basically try to to use the contrast mammography um, just to save the patients more uh, money and more time because it's only 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. What if the patient is claustrophobic, for example? We have patients who cannot enter the MRI machine. They cannot. They are claustrophobic. They cannot withstand that. Uh, so the alternative will be contrast mammography. Mm-hmm. So again, contrast mammography and dynamic MRI uh, breast, they are two modalities with contrast and they are both, again, complementing each other. If the patient can do MRI, then she can do. If she cannot, then we have a contrast mammography. So, are- so you will find that, yeah, you will find out that all the modalities we have, this is to help the woman that she will do um, exactly what is needed to be done for us to to early detect and to check for every gland and every part of her breast. Earlier on, you referred to glands and cysts. Can you clarify also the difference in between cysts and lumps? Uh, yeah, this is very important. So a cyst is a liquid, uh, and um, uh, we all women in one time or another of, uh, through our lives, we will have this cyst uh, because it's hormonal cysts. So it depends on the hormones, like uh, in the ovulation and the period. So we will have a cyst, uh, which is okay. It will come and go. Uh, there is some ladies, they have a fibrocystic disease. It means the cysts are more in number, are larger in size. And again, it's just a liquid. 
So just uh, the patient would do a follow-up, uh, regular follow-up every six months. And if any cyst is inflamed or anything, we, we should aspirate uh, by ultrasound guidance. But if it's a lump, like a solid lump, like uh, what we call fibroadenoma uh, or something, uh, then uh, again, it should be uh, under regular follow-up. And at some point, we need to take a, a biopsy. So it's a total different management. They both feel like they are a lump uh, by clinical examination or by self-examination, but the management is different. Uh, and again, there is nothing to worry about this, nothing to worry about that. But still, a fibroadenoma, it has a 2% risk of, um, of changing. So that's why we take a biopsy at one time. And now coming to the treatments, what is the difference in between chemo and radiotherapy? Okay, yeah, this is very interesting. So radiotherapy, uh, it's, um, it's a radiation, specific type of radiation, which is targeted on the part or, uh, which is done basically or, or after the surgery. So it's kind of we're cleaning up the area of the surgery because nowadays, you know, we don't do mastectomy anymore. Mm -hmm. Mastectomy is like removing the breast. We're not doing it anymore. Now, thanks to uh, early detection and thanks to the new modalities and thanks to the um, breast radiologists, now we can do conserving breast surgery, which means we're doing only lumpectomy. We're removing only the, um, let's say, the bad part. Mm -hmm. Okay, and we're, we're keeping the rest of the breast. This is uh, now, it's, it's like everywhere in the world. Now, this is a new trend we're, we're going to, uh, which is better for the woman because now she will psychologically, she, she will not suffer from, uh, from, being, uh, from having a mastectomy. This is very important for her. So radiotherapy, we use it uh, after the surgery just to clean up the area where we did the surgery to, to prevent that it can recur again. Uh, for the chemotherapy, now we're using before uh, the surgery. Uh, this is what we call neoadjuvant chemotherapy. So not as before. Before it was used after. But nowadays we're using it before. And uh, this is basically or more in stage three and stage four. So uh, the lump or, or the breast cancer will shrunk because, again, we want to conserve the breast. So we will shrunk the tumor, then we will remove it when it's small, and that's it. She can keep her breast and she can have a normal life. And that's why prevention is so crucial to try detecting the cancer at early stage. To this point, among the major risk factors that can lead to breast cancer, are there any that can be prevented? Uh, well, there is a genetic factor. Uh, that's why um, I told you if, if a lady, she has a family history uh, from the mother's side, she, she should start mammogram and, and screening at early age. Yes. So um, this is very important. And, and we have uh, uh, some actors, um, you know, famous actors, uh, they, they are um, helping and supporting patients to get uh, genetically testing. Mm -hmm. You know, like Angelina Jolie, when she did the uh, BRCA1 and BRCA2, th that was very brave of her. And nowadays we're seeing patients asking to do that, which is very, very important and very good. Um, so genetics, this is one. Uh, also um, unhealthy life mm -hmm. in, in general, like um, if, if the patient or, or the lady, she's um, gaining weight. So again, weight is related to the uh, breast cancer. The more 
the lady will gain weight, this is will um, contribute to, to have a breast cancer. Uh, also, um, if, if the patient or, or the lady is not eating too much vegetables, if she's not um, having vitamins, uh, basically we're, we're telling the, the ladies to take care of themselves, to keep their uh, be, uh, like body metabolic weight, uh, your, their ideal weight, to take vitamins, to play sports, to de-stress because stress also is kind of related to that. That's actually one more reason to be stressed. Yes, distress, <laughs> good distress. And what about maternity and breastfeeding? Do they have any impact? Uh, yes, they say uh, it has a positive. Some studies say, say that. Uh, but again, according to my experience, um, because a lot of ladies are freaking out, like I, I didn't breastfeed, I didn't have a baby, I didn't do that, I didn't do this. Well, it's kind of, it's a positive, but still, it's not a guarantee. Sure. Uh, the best guarantee is early detection and, and, uh, and screen. How much age plays a role as a risk factor? Um, yeah, well, uh, there is a risk assessment and uh, certainly age is one of them. Uh, so as we grow, like um, we have to 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 take care of, of our health and to take care of the screening. And because I have this, uh, I have a lot of patients. Uh, they are saying, okay, because uh, older women they don't get breast cancer because uh, they don't have hormones, they don't have glands. But this is not true. Mm-hmm. It's better to get checked as long as a lady she can go and, and do her screening mammogram. So it's a has an unlimited age, let's say. So screening a mammogram, it has unlimited age. You must be hearing so many misconceptions related to breast cancer. What are the major ones that you would like to address and help uh, dissipating? So, yeah, I have uh, I have three in mind. Mm. So the first one, let's say, um, like breast cancer, it's, um, it's for all older ladies and uh, younger females. They cannot get it. Well, it's wrong because the youngest um, uh, patient I discovered, she was uh, 21 years old. So this is a message for, for all women of all ages. If you have anything different in your breast, uh, please check with a, with a consultant um, before assuming anything. This is one. Uh, the second will be um, uh, that pregnant and, and breastfeeding ladies, uh, they cannot get breast cancer. Well, this is uh, uh, this is a myth. Of course, it's not true. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, in my experience, the breastfeeding and pregnant ladies, when they have something, they usually diagnose very, very late because uh, they were thinking that uh, no, we cannot get uh, breast cancer because we're breastfeeding or we're pregnant or this or that. So better again to check before um, uh, leaving yourself to to have something. Uh, undiscovered mm-hmm. well the third part is or the third one is um is about biopsy i have this a lot even today i as a patient i was doing biopsy she told me um it uh, it will disseminate uh, when you put a needle it will go bad even if it's uh, if it's good it will go bad uh, no this is uh, untrue mm-hmm. because even if, if we know that a patient uh, she has a breast cancer we have to take a biopsy uh, to to have some histopathology correlation. Histopathology means to exactly know what is the type of breast cancer she has because we have a lot, like millions of, of breast cancer types. So we will know exactly her type, what is the best treatment for it. So we will treat only um, 
the, the breast cancer and we will keep her safe and we will keep her um, in, in a healthy condition. So, um, so no, true cut biopsy or breast biopsy, it will not disseminate anything. It's very, very important to, to have a pathology and to know exactly what's going on. And, and it's very, very necessary. It will not disseminate any cells or anything. Mm. So it's, uh, it's wrong. We proved it's wrong. You just mentioned the importance of pathology, which reminded me that you came to the UAE with a very important mandate to set up from scratch the entire breast unit at Zara Hospital in Sharjah. What is needed for a fully-fledged breast unit in terms of equipments, laboratories and medical team, obviously without going too much into the technical details, please? So first of all, um, I guess uh, before the, the machines and before everything, um, the staff, the people, mm -hmm. this is very, very important. This is what I, what I started with. So, um, so what I started with is um, I, I built, a, I tried to build a team, team uh, work, you know, between me, the pathologist, uh, I mean, the lab, uh, the oncologist, the surgeons. Um, so it's, it's this big, big teamwork. This is what, what, uh, what, will, what will be, I mean, or what, what will be like, um, the nucleus of the breast unit. Uh, also the staff in terms of the technicians, this is very important because the technicians, they are my hands, my eyes, my legs, my everything. I cannot do anything without them. So I started by by teaching them the new modalities, how to use, how to, um, how to be a breast technician, like a breast mammogram. Uh, this is very important. Also the nurses. So I started with that, with the people. After that, uh, the machines, uh, which is upgraded. And uh, I guess with uh, experience and teamwork, you got it all. That's it. Then comes the patient. And you must have seen all sorts of patients. Well, uh, I, I was seeing about 10,000 per year. Wow. That, that was my rate. Yeah. Wow. You deserve the Guinness World Record. But jokes aside, how has the relationship between doctor and patient changed over the years? Um, I'm telling you, nowadays it's, uh, it's very, very uh, interesting um, uh, speciality because uh, patients, they are with you following up. And like I'm having patient diagnosed uh, in my first year. And they are with me now and uh, doing the follow-ups and uh, till till I came here, you know. So yeah, it, it's it's not it's and it became kind of not a doctor-patient relationship. It became kind of a friendship because I see this patient um, from in the first like when I diagnosed her every three months, then every six months, then nine, then twelve, and and then every year. So it's kind of a friendship now. Uh, they come, they do the follow-up, and it's fine. Everything is fine. They are all um, um, following the rules for the guidelines and all. So um, it's not frightening at all. In situations where instead you detect a cancer cell, as a doctor and as a woman, how do you remain emotionally detached from your patient? Well, uh, surprisingly enough, no, I don't detach myself <laughs> um, because uh, remember my, my mama, she's a survivor. So I'm the one who mm -hmm. discovered her breast cancer. Uh, it was five years ago, six years ago, even. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I don't um, I, I, I be emotional as I am. So uh, and with experience now, I know how to tell the patient because uh, in every situation, there is a, um, a bad 
news and there is a good news, right? So even if it's bad, even if she's diagnosed with breast cancer, but the good news is it's it's curable. It's uh, it's easy to be treated. It's not as before. So usually I, I support my patients. I push her to, to be like the better version of herself, like to embrace uh, the bad news she's having. And to be pushed to the to the good news, and I always tell her it's a, it's just a stage. It's a phase of your life where you have to concentrate on yourself. You have to be strong. You have to um, uh, believe in that that you will uh, pass pass this time. Mm-hmm. And they usually do. They usually believe me, and they go for the follow up, and they say, "Oh, Doctor Mina, you were right. Mm-hmm. It's it's only a phase. It's um uh, it's not it's not defining me. It's it's only a time of my life, and I pass it, and I'm fine now." And how is your mother now? Uh, she's fine. Wow. She's doing the uh, screening, uh, <laughs> annual screening now. <laughs> While doing a breast cancer screening, what other checkups would you encourage women to do on a regular basis? Um, this is the annual pap smear. It's also very important. Uh, also, um, uh, abdomen and pelvis uh, ultrasound as, as a screening tool. It's very, very important. Uh, also, labs like... Um, a complete blood picture, um, uh, iron profile. This is also good. Um, uh, so yeah, chest X-ray also is good. So if if the patient or or the lady um, she did this like on annual basis, uh, she will be healthy and she will not um, uh, like uh, having any surprises because uh, uh, all these tests they keep you safe for one year. So if you do it once per year, you will be covered all the time. But in the very particular situation that we are all living this year with the pandemic and all risks related to COVID-19, a common concern is uh, if it's safe to go to hospitals for screening tests and examinations. Yes, this is very dangerous. Um, now we have this international move of, of please don't skip mammograms. Uh, and uh, of course, I'm supporting this move because, yeah, a lot of patients they are scared uh, of going to the hospitals and doing the screening mammograms. Um, that's why, for example, um, we separated the, the mammogram and the breast unit from the whole hospital. And now it's a, a kind of a COVID safe area. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the temperatures, they are checking the temperatures. They are checking everybody entering the building. So, so that's why now the patients, they are coming because they know that we have these precautions, that we have the, um, we're following the guidelines, of course, of the Ministry of Health. Uh, so this is what, uh, what is a message from my side to all the breast clinics. Uh, please make it a, a COVID safe. Please uh, follow the precautions and patients will come. And obviously patients are not only women. We've been talking about women throughout our entire conversation, but what about men? Is there any equivalent screening protocol that our brothers and husbands and fathers should follow and that we should encourage them to do? Oh, yes, this is a very, very important question. Um, now we discovered that 1% of, uh, of uh, the males also they are at risk of, uh, of having a breast cancer. Of course, women, uh, it's one uh, in, in eight women will be diagnosed in breast cancer. Uh, so their rate is less, less, much, much less, which, which is 1%. But nevertheless, uh, if any man feels anything different, uh, from what he used to to feel like a new lump, a new change in the color, uh, changing in the nipple, 
please again check uh, the breast clinic. Uh, as we know, um, father of Beyonce was diagnosed with uh, breast cancer. Uh, and surprisingly enough, all uh, his aunts from the mother's side, also his mother, they developed breast cancer. Mm-hmm. But when, when it comes to screening, they told him, no, 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 you're a male. Uh, you, will not, uh, you will not at risk. Uh, it's okay. You just um, uh, don't do anything. And you start screening all the women from the mother's side. And the males were left out. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the, he discovered a lump. Then after that, um, of course, he went very late. This is according to his story because uh, he thought, no, it's nothing. Um, the, the males, they don't have a breast cancer. Mm-hmm. So he was uh, diagnosed very late. Uh, but again, thanks to the new treatments and new medication and, and all that, um, he's good. So this is a, a message for the, for the males also. No, don't uh, don't be late. Just if you if you change, if you find anything changing, uh, please consult a, a breast clinic and go to the breast uh, um, radiologist. Well, with all this said, I believe that we will have to publish a transcript of this podcast interview because it's truly dense of uh, vital and unlimited information. Which brings me to ask you what we call our paramount question. What does unlimited mean to you? So let's say unlimited ways of saving lives. Wow, Dr. Mina, this is what you're actually doing every single day with every single patient at every single screening. By doing a screening and early detection, this is the way to unlimited ways of saving lives. Which is why the medical profession is so crucial and so vital. It's a shame that it took a pandemic for the world to realize it and acknowledge it and to honor everyone who is dedicating their life to this profession. So I'd love to thank you, Dr. Mina, for your precious time dedicated to us today. But I'd like to take this opportunity to also thank every single nurse and doctor and operator who are really dedicating their life every day and night to save our lives. Thank you so much. No, I'm the one thanking you really for giving me the chance to um, to give support and to help the patients and the ladies uh, listening to us and uh, and the males also. We didn't uh, uh, forget about them. Uh, so yeah, thank you so much for giving me the chance. Uh, it's my pleasure, really my pleasure. Thank you for listening. We hope you found it inspiring and fulfilling. Please subscribe to Unlimited on your favorite podcast app so you won't miss out on our next stories. To learn more about our content, please log on to our website and follow us at unlimited.me on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter and help us building a truly unlimited community. Thank you.